0: Welcome to this podcast on innovation, presented to you by ING, recorded in the ING Café during the FinTech Conference Money 2020 in Amsterdam.
1: Welcome to the ING Café at the Rye in Amsterdam, where we have Europe's biggest FinTech event, Money20, taking place. Please uh, pull up a seat now and join us at our table here at this very Amsterdam-style café where we're going to have a talk with some of the biggest names walking these halls. Together with ING, we're making sure that you do not miss a thing here at Money 2020. I'm Daniel Frankel. I'm a lecturer in consultancy and change at the Rotterdam Business School. And I'm a curious fintech luddite. And I'm also going to be your host. Okay, joining us now here at the buzz at the ING Cafe at Money 2020 is Frank-Jan Risseo from the fintech Yolt, Welcome, Frank-Jan. Thank you. Frank-Jan, this is uh, your second Money 20, I understand. Uh, What's what's the difference between your first and your second shows?
0: Yeah, last year I was in Copenhagen and uh, it was the first time and I was um, having a presentation on Wednesday. I think it was almost five o'clock and it felt like that everybody was already gone. So this year, I'm on Tuesday morning. So that's the biggest difference facing an audience, a big audience in my presentation I just gave. And uh, it's very exciting to be here and meeting a lot of people. Sure. It, 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 well, in,
1: in fact, YOLT is in, a very, is in a very different place in one year's time. Could you, could you see this
0: coming? Could you have predicted where you are now? Um, yes. Uh, we announced that we now have 300,000 registered users in just uh, one year life in, in the UK. And that's amazing. And yes we expected that we were developing something which will help users to manage their money uh, better but that it goes so fast that's a bit of a surprise we're happy with it i would say Um,
1: every good uh, fintech startup has a founding story
0: what is the founding story of Yolt? yes yolt is, is a special breed of fintech like we were born inside ING as an ID and it was mainly around PC2, open banking, uh, the challenge and the opportunities ING was seeing. And instead of developing everything in the house, they said, okay, we take this opportunity, put it on the edge of ING and develop it like an own company. So I took on that ID after a board meeting of ING and said, okay, let's do it. Let's gather some people, make the strategy and, and grow. And that's... We call it intrapreneurship. So it's not real entrepreneurship, it's intrapreneurship. Take an idea on the organization and develop by ourselves. And I think that's an interesting proposition of having ING as a main investor uh, in YOLT that gives us stability, but also to help to grow fast and build the product we would like to do. And
1: you went live with YOLT, if I'm not mistaken, in the UK last year. On the
0: the thirtieth of May, which was which was <laughs> a fateful date, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, yeah, it was an interesting one. Um, it was uh, also the start of Brexit, and um, yeah, it's you hear with fintechs and with um, uh, startups, you have challenges, but this is <laughs> an interesting one to announce that you going live in the light of of Brexit, but it didn't change our dedication to make it a success in the UK and we committed as our first market although we also announced other markets uh, to to go to the uh, with YOLT the key focus is on the UK but I'm a little confused because you were actually developing YOLT
1: before the PSD2 regulations were in effect uh, in
0: Europe how was that balance that juggle yeah so we said okay let's start before the show really starts uh, with Open Banking and and APIs, to see, to learn, and to understand what are really the key points of users when it comes to managing the money. And this gives us a kind of a head start to develop this proposition, and we were also keen to be the first TPP, so third-party provider, to be live uh, in Open Banking UK with making a successful connection with Lloyds Bank. being at front where it helps you to understand the consumer and really understand the pain point. But you're also facing quite some challenges. Uh, like on the 30th of January, the banks opened up their APIs. Um, people expected a revolution, disruption. But there, there were APIs. But it took us quite some time yeah. to get it all right. And uh, having the data in there... But looking now back for five months, I have to say that... Um, they did a great job in UK, the Open Banking project, to bring in all the stakeholders and to kickstart open banking, and and also leading this in, in Europe. It's an example on what we can expect in the PC2. So it wasn't quite the phenomenon
1: that you anticipated from the opening day. And what other what other lessons did
0: you learn in UK? Um, what you see in the UK is that um, uh, it's still fintech haven number one, London. And um, what you see is that it's, it's, it's a combination of having a lot of exciting companies who dare to challenge the status quo. And there's a an feeling and a culture of innovation. And most importantly, it's also about eventually how yeah, you can have a great idea, but you're looking for consumer adoption. People are willing to find new ways to manage their money. And uh, we started with an alpha and a closed beta test. The product was far from complete. Uh, it, was, it was a bit of a gamble to, to, to launch a product. But that early-day feedback sharpens your product and, 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 and let it grow. And, and you get honest feedback and also feedback where you think, OK, oh my God, what are we doing? But eventually, um, this is how to, to, to build a product around users and, and how to uh, make their lives more easy. And now in July, PSD2 is coming
1: to the mainland. Um, how much of a phenomenon do you anticipate, or hope, or fear it may be on the
0: mainland? It's, it's a bit of unclear. Like in the UK, we saw that it's a really structured open banking project. Everybody was involved, banks, government, to make it a success and to launch toward the 13th January. Where we're looking into Europe, mainland, it's more scattered. There's not really like such a controlled program to launching it. So what will be happening is that there will be banks opening their APIs um, in, in, uh, per country, across countries, but mainly that, that focus and that, that less of, lack of control, that will be uh, a challenge. And eventually banks have to comply by Q3 of next year, It might be that banks open up earlier but the main feeling is that banks will wait not till the latest moment but it will mainly start i think around q1 q2 of next year when banks will comply with it are consumers ready for this Um, if they experience the value and how it can make their lives more easy money managing their money i think they will see it but Purely an awareness, if we walk here on the streets of Amsterdam talking about PC2 and uh, APIs, people will probably not know it. We saw the same in the UK. We did research in, in November of last year. 2% of the people were aware of open banking. Now it's around 30%. But in the end, it's not about selling APIs of PC2 or the story. It's about really building a product around users where PC2 is an enabler, not a goal in itself. A large buzz in the press these days,
1: at this show, is consumer data privacy. Um, does that come into the, the calculus of introducing YOLT? Is there a concern about consumer resistance?
0: Yes. Um, what we're doing is we're getting all your data from different banks. And that comes with a big responsibility and also about keeping the data secure but also thinking what you're going to do with the data. And we, of course, we also have GDPR to guide us on what's, what's happening and what's allowed in it. Um, it's helpful that YOLT is part of the RNG network. We have to comply with the same security and legislation of, of, of a bank. So that gives us a kind of a security level on, on how we deal with security. But eventually, the data belongs to a user and the user determines with the consent how it's shared. And YOLT is mainly focusing on being that open platform, gathering the data, but also using the data to provide value-added services. We have to be very explicit what kind of data is where and for which kind of purpose. And how to convince that is by delivering value. And how many people now do you have working within the YOLT umbrella? We started in Amsterdam. We got here our development hub. We have around uh, 50 engineers, um, UX, product owners, who are building the product. But we also have a team in London. eh? We set our first market. We want to be close to to the market. And we started with a Dutch philosophy. And it would be a big mistake to say, okay, UK people manage their money in the same way. Like, eh, we in Netherlands are kind of, are a saving group of people. And that's a bit of a challenge and difference in, in the UK. So we said, okay, we need UK native people on the ground to tailor and to market our product the way we want it. And yeah, we're happy to see that the uptake is, is, is there. And it must be interesting, back to
1: that idea of entrepreneurship. Um, I'm curious, what are, what are you? Are, are, are you an innovator? Are you a, a tech guy? Are you a CEO?
0: Are you, the official name is the CEO. Um, there should be somebody eventually responsible for what we're, uh, what we're doing and also having the explanation towards the investor. But it's, it's about a culture, what I'm mainly creating. It's not your ordinary job to start something on the edges of, of, of such a big banking conglomerate. So we have to work around our purpose of giving people the power to be smart with the money, And bringing people who really believe that, and that's from tech to marketing, keeping that together and having a clear focus on what we're doing. And so, am I a tech guy? No. And I'm an innovator. I like to think big and bring that back to a concept and also the organization around it. But mainly, I'm here to make this successful and, and, and help people to bring the best of themselves to the job and 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 create value to uh, for our users and is it a tricky
1: balance uh, finding that 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 innovative space within a larger organization uh,
0: yes um ing is, is definitely embrace innovation i think that's also Absolutely. the atmosphere we, we see here today in money 2020 and 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 uh mainly stimulated also by the ralph um my balance is to look towards rng what i can reuse what I can help to build yield, but also creating an independence. Because in the end, I'm an independent money platform. And I, sh- I should be aware that we're not kind of swallowed by the big RNG itself. So keeping distance, having our own strategy, our own technology stack, our own people, that's eventually what dr- will drive success. What do you see as being the consumer motivations of going to a banking app? Banking apps are... Not a goal in itself. It's an enabler to to, to reach the goals you would like to uh, to reach. So spending the money you want to spend, lending money, reaching your goals. So it's an enabler, and it might be millennial. Have yeah? we see that uh, smartphones penetration is it's predominantly in that millennial space, but eventually we're at Yield building a product which suits to everybody. Yeah? It's about delivering value, um, and that can be also to my parents, uh, as, as long as you help people to make the steps to get acquainted to how you manage uh, these, kind of, uh, these kind of apps. Although I'm having a great investor in YOLT, my funds are not limited, so we have to focus in our marketing on niche, we're focusing on the millennial space, so 18 to 34, but we also see a large uptake in the, I call it premium millennials, <laughs> a bit older. Um, so we're focusing on that and that you'll see in the brand, we were uh, focusing on the way we talk, that we really adhere and resonate with that dark group. But of course, the bank's
1: banking apps have been here for a while. What, what's going to surprise a user when they open up a Yolt?
0: I think it's mainly about the easiness of having everything into one view, the smartness of having and enriched with categorization with merchants to make it very visual and also engaging and um, managing your money is is not something which will be on the top of your list to do so I have to make it as easy as possible and one of the things we're focusing on is instead of for example showing a pie chart on how you spend people say okay that's still effort I have to do that. Cognitive thinking okay what does that pie chart says so we choose to work with insights just telling what's relevant for example we see that on the past three months you paid 30 euros for your t-mobile subscription but this month it's 40 euros that might be an insight to say okay maybe you would like to look into if you're still on the right subscription instead of jumping in the data yourself and searching it so it's easiness and also in an engaging way
1: with all the easiness, is, is, there any, is there any consideration that consumers are going to stop thinking for themselves? That, that you're doing the
0: thinking for them? Um, yeah, I think to a certain amount we can take away the hassle and, and the effort of, of doing the basics um, to help people, to categorize, to show how they spend. But where we really need to use it for is to understand what are the goals. And uh, if we know that goals, we can make a step in automation. And I also said it just on on stage in my presentation, like um, people don't like the idea of choice. So if you would like, we need to limit choice and preferably automate it. So it would be great. Let's take some steps um, in the coming period, let's say a year or two from now. You're coming at home and you have your money app telling you, hey, all your bills are paid. By the way, you overspent your eating budget, but we transferred 50 euros from different accounts so that you can pay your bills tomorrow. And by the way, we switched your telephone subscription because you said to us, if there's an opportunity to save money, let's do it. And by the way, we ordered you pizza because your fridge is empty. That's a bit dreaming, but I think that's a bit of the dot on the horizon how we can make it automated by really understanding how we can make the lives of our users easy I've, I've i've seen
1: in the descriptions there's bank balances there's where and when you pay but then we get into this predictive yeah. element of yield which i think is seems to set it apart how would you describe
0: the predictive dimension of your app i think it's the most important thing like the money you spend you can't change it you can learn from it but you can't change it it's gone so mainly like the predictive analysis on helping people if it's still possible to spend a certain amount of money, but also to warn people, if you continue in this path, you will get an unauthorized overdraft, which will cost you fees. That's the main thing, that users can still make a choice to continue with it, instead of just looking backwards. I'm not an accounting app. I'm a proactive money app, enabling people to make the right choices. You're a
1: startup in an amazingly dynamic marketplace. Uh, How do you... How do you look ahead with, when, when changes happen as quickly as they do? I mean, is, is there such a thing as a, as a five-year plan?
0: There is a, a purpose. The purpose of giving people the power to be smart with the money. That's kind of the North Star. And yes, there is a strategy. And yes, we got plans um, how to get there. But the main thing is about agility and thinking about 3, six, nine, 12 months ahead. But also daring to change your roadmap, Each is just seeing different opportunities, and it can be from our consumers, but also market reactions. Um, it's balancing uncertainty. And but is is there in fact flexibility
1: within, within how you define the app itself, where you you plan to be developing
0: and changing? Yeah. So we we have a core which is quite flexible. We have end-to-end agile scrum teams who work on a certain purpose, and that purpose can be a sprint, so two-week purpose, but also a longer uh, stage uh, focus. So there's the agility. If you think, okay, now we have to focus on payments, or now we're going to connect on partners, we're pretty agile and flexible to change that that purpose. Although, um, we're working with engineers, um, engineers like also continuity and rest. Uh, every time you uh, ask something, an engineer, the, the next 20 minutes, uh, they can't focus on their code. Um, so swapping too much and changing directions, it will decrease the speed. So it comes with planning, but agility on, on the set pace of, of, of developments. When, actually, when is, when is the actual launch date for YOLT, uh, in the Netherlands or in, or in other European countries? So we announced that we're going to, into Italy and France. Um, it's agile. We can't, I can't tell you a date yet. Um, but we're testing already in, an, in a closed version our apps. And when the app is ready and strong enough, it's also about having your data models in place, having strong data models in each training, then we will launch it. And the key question like Netherlands, um, I can't answer that yet. But the idea is to develop towards a pan-European money platform and that might include Netherlands as well. Great. Looking forward to seeing that.
1: Seeing much more of Yolt in the time coming. And thank you very much for joining us here at the ING Cafe. The CEO of Yolt, Frank-Jan Briceo.
0: Thank you very much. Thank you. Interested in who else joined us in the ING Cafe during Money 2020? You can find all the podcasts, on ing.com or at bnr.nl slash money2020.